There's something being said soft. about being a corn leet, and we are. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. You know, when you see a guy like that, yeah, you may work out, but can you put this can bag you hit in the, the hole? hole? Can you can hit, you hit the, the hole? hole? Can you hit the hole blindfold, <laughs> blindfolded on the stairs, bitch? for the perfect rental on a Friday night, finally settling on something unexpected that you have treasured watching ever since, like King Solomon's Mind with Louis Gossett Jr. and Chuck Norris, because that's an awesome combination. Well, we did. Welcome to Mike and Anthony's Soda Pop Culture Club. Me, Mike, along with my co-host, Anthony. California Penal. Bring our take on a classic movie every Monday from the 80s, 90s, and beyond, during which we will play the game and open up six-pack of favorite scenes. We also point out a couple of generic scenes as well. At the end of the show, we'll rate the movie 1 to 24 cans. One can is you're not hitting the curveball because Joe Boo's fucking things up, and uh, he's not helping you. Or 24 cans is you've thrown Joe Boo to the side and did it yourself and hit that damn home run. But before we get all get to all that, we want to let you know that we have a website, a magical place, sodapopcultureclub.com, where you can make your own movie suggestions. So if you want to guarantee that we do your movie, all you have to do is make a donation of $25 using our Venmo or PayPal. The name is at Soda Pop Culture Club. Don't forget to make your make sure you say what it is for when you make your donation. We also strongly encourage you to email us, letting us know why you want us to do the movie you requested. You can email us at Mike and Anthony at SodaPopCultureClub.com. And you're probably thinking to yourself, how can I look cool and promote this podcast as much as possible? It's easy. All you have to do is hit the merch link on our website, and all your wildest dreams will come true with T-shirts, hoodies, fanny packs, NFTs. Go crazy. And a couple more things. Don't forget to share the show with your friends. Check out our Instagram at Mike and Anthony, where we post thirst traps of Anthony looking all sexy and hot. He gets that wet look and pours the milk over his body. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> we also I am Twitch slippery channel. when wet. Yes, he is. He's very Bon Jovi. Uh, it's uh, we also have a Twitch channel that I uh, tend to Twitch on Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. However, we've been recording lately, so. I apologize if you have tried to tune in and we have not been there, so I'm sorry. And we would like you to go to Apple Podcasts and hit us up for a five-star review and a comment, because that does help our show out, and that would be super awesome. Anthony, what are we going to do? We're going to do this. Harry Doyle here, welcoming all of you to another season of Indians baseball. Here's a list of the players we'll be inviting to camp. This guy here is dead. Cross him off, then. We'd love for you to come to spring training for a shot at this year's club. By the way, you were with me last night. Who's this chick on top of me? We'd still like to take a look at you at our spring camp. Not sure I can make it by then. Who is that? Serrano. What's his religion? Voodoo. Hey! Willie Mays Hayes here. Play like Mays, and I run like Hayes. How you doing? What the hell league you been playing in? California Penal. 
Don't you have any proven major league talent? Now I want to put together a team that'll help us relocate to Miami. You want us to lose? We've been losing. What I want is for us to finish dead last. This year, the Cleveland Indians have a multi-talented team. The first offering, just a bit outside. They're masters of the sacrifice. He's looking to sacrifice a live chicken. One old chicken, just like you said. The double play. Excuse me. I have a much better body than she does. Thank you for me, she really does. And the pickoff. Every time we win, we peel a section. Tom Berenger. Zipper your skirt stuck. Use your imagination. Charlie Sheen. These things make me look ridiculous. Seeing's the most important thing, son. How big is that important? Corbin Burnson. And Bob Euchre. Hey, with swings and crushes one towards South America. Major League. That ball wouldn't have been out of a lot of parks. Name one. Yellowstone. (laughs) 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 All right, hit it, buddy. All right, Breakdown by the Numbers, directed by David S. Ward and starring Tom Berenger, Charlie Sheen, Corbin Burnson, Margaret Witten, James Gammon, Renee Russo, Bob Uecker, and Wesley Snipes. Major League was released on April 7th, 1989. Taking in $75 million at the box office against an $11 million budget. 7.2 out of 10 on IMDb and 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. There's the numbers. There's all the stats. There's our stat line. The stats. Did you stat that? Stat Did that. Did you stat that? I, that's a stat fact. <laughs> all right. So that's, we're going to play the game. That's a fact. Like F you and the A and C all over your T's. Fact. Wow. Wow. Jeez, yeah. man, you did have to. <laughs> Went there, didn't I? All right. Let's play the game. Yes, he did. Hey. And here's the game. Okay. <laughs> I got to say um, that we're regressing. I'm amazingly consistent. We are and regressing awesome. every time. <laughs> here's the game. Here's the game. Game is I'm going to read uh, my coaches here. I'm going to read him three reviews. One of them is fake. He has to guess the fake review, which I created. And you can play along with us sitting in your car or wherever you are listening to our podcast. Are you ready? I'm ready this time. I think he's ready for this one. Think, Trust me. I think I'm going to do pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that you don't. Richard Corliss of Time Magazine. Major League doesn't try too hard or aim too high, but is pretty funny. Alan Graff of the Denver Post. Cheesy and predictable. Why do I like it so much? Jamie Coding of Bullseye.com. One of Hollywood's best underdog stories. So... Anthony, after thinking long and hard, what is the honest answer that you would have given to which one of these I created? I'm going to go with option two. 
Oh my gosh. Okay, people. He's right. But the reason he's right is because of me messing something up. Yeah. And we had to redo this. But he got it wrong the first time. So I'm going to count him as oh, getting fuck it wrong. You. you got it wrong because you never hit record. You damn. Hey, 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 what did I tell time. you? This is not the first time. He needs he needs to have a list of things that he needs to check off. He didn't check that one off his list, I guess. Put a post it on your screen. Hit record. I don't need a post-it. You are my post it. Oh man, God. you are my oh, post it. You are my. But you got it wrong the first time. He picked uh, James Jamie Coding the first time, but this time he cheated and uses his knowledge. I guess it's not I really cheating. Cheat. I guess I didn't cheat. Know. no. I went back in time. <laughs> he went back. He went back to the future or back to the back actually. All right, are you ready? Let's go. Former Las Vegas showgirl inherits the Cleveland Indians baseball team from her deceased husband, Phelps, hates Cleveland, and wants to relocate the team to Miami. The Indians' contract with Cleveland contains an escape clause stipulating that the team may relocate if attendance for the entire season is below 800000 That means they likely have to finish dead last to reduce fan interest and relocate to Miami. Determined to put together the worst team in the major leagues, Phelps hires Lou Brown, the manager of the Toledo Munhands, to manage the team and promotes former manager Charlie Donovan to general manager. So I love this whole concept. Yes, it's awesome. Great premise. Um, my question is, Rachel Phelps. Rachel Phelps, yes. What was her stripper name in Vegas? Oh, I, ne- I don't know. Never, we never been told. I wonder what glitter, glitter, sparkle. Barbie glitter or something. Maybe I don't know. Glitter sparkles. <laughs> glitter <laughs> glitter sparkles. Uh, but you know, have you ever been to Vegas? Have you ever seen showgirls in Vegas? She could just been one of those no. ones that were just wore the flam- like at the flamingo that wore just the, the feathers and stuff. Couldn't have a actual name like you know. Could have full nudity. They usually partial topless. They don't usually go full nude. Speaking of full nudity, sorry, because it coincides with this Renee Russo and her library outburst. What a bunch of bullshit! Have a yes. much better body than she does. Funny enough, I just never got back to it. Started watching it at your place one time. <clears throat> I had never gotten yeah. a chance. Thomas Crown Affair. Finally, oh, I love that movie. Finally watched it. No, it was good. I just never got a chance to finish watching it. I finally watched that. My God, do we see a lot of Renee Russo in that? But um, that it, above and beyond that, that is an excellent movie. Even without her, oh, nudity, it, it, it no, would it, be a great movie. That sex scene, though, I'm going to tell you, like, I didn't care for which it. one yeah. on the oh, on you the mean the one Al, when she where they're like yeah. posing, where it's like it was like it was it was up the there. angry sex scene. It was up there. The with, angry scene. No, it was up there with the uh, the specialist when Tom or uh, Sylvester Stallone and Sharon Stone have that yes. crazy posing sex weird in the shower. Like that doesn't that's not comfortable. <laughs> it's just weird, and you're gonna get a cramp. And then them doing it like that yeah. on the stairs. It's on the fucking steps, dude. Like, I mean, if, if you're gonna do it on steps, go doggy. <laughs> Don't be like laying down on your back and then trying to canoodle each other in such a way that no human being is supposed to contort to. We need a t-shirt that says if you're gonna do it on the step, go doggy. Do a doggy. I've never- I've never heard anybody say that <laughs> until now. Yeah, yeah, people, we bring the heat. That's stairs, why you listen. Stairs are for walking and doggy. That's it. But, uh, but Rachel Phelps. Uh, what I love about this, um, you know, you and I are both from Ohio in a way. What do you mean in a so, way? We're both from Ohio. Well, well, you're not. I was born in California, but I live most of my life in Ohio. So. Yeah. 
but you know, this movie was really huge around us, but Cleveland, um, I'm a Cleveland sports fan for the Browns specifically. And it's interesting when you watch this, knowing what happens after with the Browns, her wanting to relocate the team, yeah. <laughs> you get this, this whole concept. I, and I thought to myself, did the fucking art model watch this and be like, you know, that's a good idea. <laughs> I got a bitch somehow. I got to figure out a way to get this team out of here. That just made me wonder being a, a Browns fan. Like, well, here's the movie inspire the wrong things. I also like, I have a, a twist to that is major league yeah. part of the back to the future. Canon. Why? Give me the, because when he back to the future too, when he finds out Cubs win the world series against Miami. Oh yeah. Even yeah. Miami. So maybe Major oh, League would so be you're saying the 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 foundational like starting. How do we end up getting a team in Miami? Where did this even come from? Oh, so yeah, you're saying this. That? These are these universes could be crossing over. Yeah. Other than that one line, I don't think that there's anything else I can connect on those dots. You don't need to. It's but just, yeah, that one line, that one part. That's pretty amazing. Um, I mean, it makes you wonder, are there any other movies? How many could you say are unofficially in the universe, right? Yeah. Makes sense. I like that. I like that. There you go. That's something I didn't expect. Didn't expect. What I um, what I do love about this um, movie is that we have the Randy Newman soundtrack. What'd you think of that? Because, you know, we get him. He's like the king of yeah. that style. No, we from the opening on, it's like, yeah, awesome. The opening, yeah, song. yeah. The the music is is it's pretty fantastic. Yes, he has a distinctive style. That's all I'm saying. I, I mean, he has so many movies that he's done that that you're like, oh my god! If it, he wasn't toy, I mean, Toy Story. I mean, is that, didn't he do that one? <laughs> hey, come on, <laughs> yeah. you got a friend in me. I'm not. I'm just saying. You. I'm just repeating it. Well, that, we that can be friends. It's that okay. wasn't an olive branch. Don't take it that way. Oh well, don't trust me. I know your branch is more like a twig, so I won't. <laughs> so there you go i guess hey um you won't yeah. know because i'm never gonna be in the stairs with you you'll never find out <laughs> we're never gonna be in the stairs together oh man that's awesome um so tanking this is a thing you know this is actually a thing that yeah. they're they're discussing now is tanking, tanking. in their collective bargaining yep. agreement it is but um she's all about tanking i, I don't understand you know most managers have to come from somewhere. And in today's MLB, they do come from AAA. That's why when she said, I'm going to hire the Toledo Mudhens manager, which actually the Toledo Mudhens are actually uh, a higher end AAA franchise. Not like it's uh, the lowest. They make it sound like it's it's a garbage team. It, it wasn't even garbage then yeah, when they he were. He wasn't even their manager mentioned. at the time. He's working well, at yeah, yeah, but he was a manager. It's not yeah, like he, he's he not was at that level. He got got a guy yeah. line bought some white walls. <laughs> I, I and that's what my thing is. He gets that guy and he's like, I have to think it over. He doesn't say yes. He doesn't oh, like, oh my gosh, thank I don't you. Know. Yeah. I love that man. He doesn't he doesn't just dive in. He just doesn't dive in. Are you ready? Are you ready to move on here? Let's go. So during spring training in Tucson, a.k.a. Tucson, Arizona. <laughs> the team's shortcomings become evident. The team's lone star third baseman, Roger Dorn, is an egotistical prima donna who doesn't know if he wants to take his room, Santa Fe, whose fielding skills have also faded because he's a bit of a pussy. Staff ace Eddie Harris, who is 
93 years old, has to rely on illegally doctoring the baseball due to his weakening arm and growing chest hair. Pedro Serrano, a voodoo practicing Cuban import with significant power, can't hit a curveball to save his fucking life and clashes with the devoutly Christian Harris over Joe Boo, Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and whatnot. Veteran catcher Jake Taylor has the knees of Harris as far as how old he is. <laughs> a former star who was one of the best in baseball has spent the past few years playing in the Mexican League and spinning girls on his dick like a goddamn, what was it? Pinwheel. He's been beating the chicks like away a like a pinata. <laughs> no, it's funny because we go back to Heather's when he said, I want to put oh, yeah. on my Jonathan's. They were out like goddamn pinwheel. We get the visual image right there in Major League, what that would actually look like. But anyway, anyway, so his knees gave out from the Mexican sex nights and baseball. So he's lost so much strength on his throws. He can't reach second base. There we go. That's everybody's flaw. Well, not everybody's Willie Mays Hayes. Yeah. You want to, I mean, well, they're going to, we're going to get to that in the next section. These are just, just a few players here, but yeah, definitely the players when they're talking, I love the scenes that we get here. What I love about this scene, and you know, I'm a sucker for is the putting the band together scene. And that's kind of what we're getting here. We're getting like, we're seeing the band come together. Yes. And we're getting to see all the lovely moments. Um, Roger Dorn, I thought you didn't. I thought you said there wasn't any high price. Yeah, about Dorn because he's only high priced. Picked him up as free agent a couple yeah. years ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, he's only high priced. That's funny. That's funny. I mean, year after this, he goes free agent. I, yeah, yeah. Which you know, those are the worst too. I'm just gonna say, as a, I don't know, I don't know how big of a baseball fan you, but as a as a Cubs fan. Because I'm a Cubs fan, not an Indians fan. Not, as fate would have it, neither of us are Indian Indians fans. fans. Nope. Um, you're a Tigers fan, right? Yep. If you're when you're interested, right? And and I'm a Cubs fan, so so we don't really care about this team <laughs> at all. Uh, but yeah, well, I forget where I was going with that. It doesn't fucking matter. I mean, I I care about them to the extent, like you know, when the Indians have been in the World Series, I would root for them. Oh, I wouldn't because they were against the Cubs the last time, and I had to. Not I would then. root for them against anybody saying, except right. one team. Right. That's the thing, and they just happened to make it the year my team did. Yep. That's. I feel bad for them. But now here's the thing: we shouldn't call them Indians anymore. The Guardians. They're now well, the Guardians. For the sake of this movie, they were the Indians. Yeah, in this movie they were the Indians, but it's strange how that's now changed. That's all changed. But no, the band back together thing. I, I love oh. it. I love seeing the different characters as they come in. I got a, I got a, and, and I love seeing. I got a question. Sorry. Now, I didn't think about this. So now when they would play that movie on TV, do they have to overdub it and change it to Guardians every time they say their name? No, can no. Be they edited? Don't. Because if it's a no. why can you play it on TV and still not call your team? I don't. Well, the thing is, is I, I, I think it's more of a choice. You can't change the. You, it's it's just like um, old movies that have racist terminology. You know that 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 water's already through the dam. Um, you have to watch it and hold your nose if it's something that bothers you. It's kind of how it is. All right. Um, you know we've we, we've we've probably done some movies that have done that. I mean, <laughs> like Trading Spaces, I think, is one where you get some things a little bit. Yeah, you got to kind of couple things. You got to hold your nose and and enjoy the parts that are good and ignore that it because you're right the the 
Uh, yeah, the Indians. Yeah, the Indians. <laughs> but no, I was going to say Jake Taylor. He was a former star. I have a hard time believing that a guy with his who was an all star ability is wallowing in the Mexican League and not being offered some sort of at least managerial job or base coach job. Because if you were that good of a cat, because catchers are the cerebral players on the right, team. Right. People, a lot of people don't know that. Oh no, they're yeah. like the quarterback of the field. You would think he would have a job other than. Unless he really just wanted to hit the baseball. Right. Unless he just thought he could still screw play. Mexican chicks. Or just still wanted to play. <laughs> and then, you know, maybe he just never thought about becoming a manager. Because, you know, actually, I mean, that's the thing. In part two, remember, at first he said no. He didn't want to be a manager. He's a ball player. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's how he is. That's his mindset. That's his mindset. Yeah. Um, Lou, one of the things I do love is, is, like we said, we get this band together thing. And Lou loves misfits. And my, I think it's because he probably team, sees himself Charlie. that way. Cause my kind of team. Yeah. I mean, he, cause you know what? He's, I bet he sees the skill in everyone and sees how he can make one good thing out of a bunch of little great little parts to have a specific purpose. And, and that's what a good manager does. I think that's, that's why he's excellent in this movie. And he really plays that confidence. Well, one of the things, though, that I can never get explained to me is, you know, we see Willie Mays Hayes come in in his, I don't even know what that car is. Uh, it's a bug with a Rolls Royce front end. Is that what it is? It's, yeah, it's interesting. Okay. <laughs> but the, he gets into spring training. He isn't He isn't invited, and they take him outside. How do they get him outside in his bed like that? What do you mean? How the door? Have you looked? Did you look at the door? That they came in where they had to oh, take him back out. It's a regular size yeah, door. There's probably a side double door or something. Okay, we're gonna the magical the double door we never saw. <laughs> okay. I was like, how do you not wake up? Uh yeah, and that's what I was saying. They would have had to take him out of it to turn the bed sideways, because I'm not going with the magical double door theory. And <laughs> put him back on it and put him outside. So he's uh, he's a real deep sleeper. It was magic. This is preambient. It was either a double door or Dumbledore. I don't know, but it was magic. <laughs> it's pre. This is preambient, so I don't know if he can get that deep. You know, it's yeah. like it's, <laughs> I mean, this is the the late eighties. Yeah, but this is when <laughs> the they were, they were doing amphetamines. So you you know you might have crashed. So uh, actually, this is cocaine period. I don't know. If this is uh. You know what I mean? The amphetamines, amphetamines were more of the '60s and '70s. I think they were still co- doing when, it, when cocaine came along. It was a case of Budweiser and a few lines of Coke before you went on the field for some of these guys. Yeah. So, all right, are you ready? Breakfast of Champions, ready. <laughs> the two players who draw the most attention are brash young outfielder Willie Mays Hayes, who showed up at spring training without an invitation, and pitcher Rick Vaughn, a convicted felon released from a California prison after serving time for stealing a car. Hayes claims he can run like Hayes and hit like Mays. He proves to be the fastest player on the team, but his first trip to the batting cage makes it clear he cannot hit. Vaughn has a fastball in the mid-90s, but has no control over it, which earns him the nickname Wild Thing. All right, now let's, uh, I gotta go my first six-pack. Oh, you've got a first six-pack. Yeah. Like, hey, let's hit it. Ricky Vaughn's haircut. Oh, with the, just, with the little notches and everything? Yeah. Gets, yeah. This is like back then, too. This is when, you know, this was a time when everybody was getting, like, the buzz cuts with the steps on yeah. the side and different shit and, like, stuff like that. So... Very iconic hairdo. Uh, well, 
that you know actually this being the late 80s um what's really strange is that he didn't have more of the mullet flow that tom berenger had for his character had kind of a closer to a mullet so i'm surprised that they went with that style i guess they were trying to subvert you know the stylings of the time a little uh, it's bit a prison haircut that. what are you gonna do it's a prison haircut yeah let's go with that yeah you know that's something you know when you speak of prison it made me think of prison tats but but the which I didn't think he had. But the thing is, is have you ever noticed that when we watch these movies that we watch that are like 30 years ago, 40 years ago at times, they, they don't, you don't see a lot of tattooed people like you do in the movies now. Isn't that strange how just it's changed so much. Now the hair is like stranger, there's tats and you can't tell what a person is based on those things. Like you could then like, we know Rick Vaughn's a piece of shit loser criminal because of his haircut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if he had, tattoos we would stereotype well. the shit out of him there didn't you yeah so i'm saying we stereotype so hard back then now it's like we have to think before we speak on all that stuff yeah but now <laughs> everything changes man now people are wearing like baseball uniform pants in the form of jeans but they're just as tight didn't have yeah. back then all right so um since we're talking about rick vaughn here and his stuff i've got some facts about charlie sheen um that i pulled from some uh scrupulous sources on the web but it's actually not scrupulous uh charlie sheen was all roided up yes uh you heard that right sheen admitted to sports illustrated that he got juiced up for the role because he thought it would make his pitch even faster so wow and considering the guy's history of drug abuse it's probably not that surprising you know that he was on it so there you go but here's the thing about charlie sheen he didn't have to fake his fastball Vaughn's 101 mile per hour fastball was something that came naturally to Sheen, who pitched in high school and was offered an athletic scholarship to the University of Kansas. Sheen, of course, wasn't pitching at 101 mile an hour, but he did have a good enough mechanics and arm strength to throw a pitch in the mid 80s. So that's interesting. And when you and what you do is if to fake that, if you move him closer to the to the home plate, it would come up as a hundred mile an hour because it's based on you right. know at sixty feet six inches. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because so. I remember seeing him. Um, he was on some show when Major League yeah. came out. Um, I don't remember if it was like a talk show or something on MTV or whatever it was at the time. But they actually got a pitching machine out and like or uh, the radar machine and had him throw, and he threw like seventy something. That was just like in street no warm up on just- TV. Yep. That's pretty impressive. You know, that's yes. it's it, it reminds me of though when you go to the fucking county fair and you see all those jock dudes trying to throw the ball and predict their thing and win yeah. the prize. Yeah. Like they're and really they were just trying to hit the high number to impress I don't know, I guess maybe some girl it's probably where with <laughs> you know, it's like, oh fuck yourself. You're not that good. Okay. <laughs> right. And I've always heard like those things you, aren't accurate anyways. Oh no, because they're, they're rigged, dialed and you up. You can't actually guess what you're gonna throw and they're probably dialed up so that you think you're doing better than you are to make you feel good about yourself you know so there's that so yeah yeah so you can't trust it and we're talking about willie mays hayes here in this section run like hayes hit like mays the thing is i want to go into some wesley snipes fact here wesley snipes wasn't the best at baseball willie mays hayes May come off like a superstar on screen, but in reality, Snipes didn't have much experience playing the sport. The scenes with him stealing bases were shot in slow motion to give the illusion of Snipes running faster than he actually was. 
We also never seen Snipes throw the ball. <laughs> so, uh, which is funny because he just has no athletic ability. And there's a little writer on this fact that I found about white man can't jump. But here's the thing about white man can't jump. We're going to do that movie. And this is a little foreshadowing. Wesley Snipes, not an athlete. Just want to say that. Which is not- crazy. Yeah, because he's got a physique. He does. And it doesn't come off that way in the movies. He looks like an athlete. You know, and here's what I want to say, Anthony. And and this is where I think you and I shine. Um, when we're playing cornhole and we have our and we're at our playing our best and we have that touch and we can do the thing, he doesn't have that. Right. We got he probably just throws it and and just keeps throwing it over and throwing it short and he doesn't have the touch. I think are, you know, there's something to be said there's something for being said soft. About being a corn leap. And we are. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. You know, when you see a guy like that, yeah, you may work out, but can you put this can bag you hit in the, the hole? hole? Can you hit, can you hit the, the hole? hole? Can you hit the hole blindfold, <laughs> blindfolded on the stairs, bitch? That's what I want. Oh, man. that's right, man. That's right. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else? Um, oh, um, the there's in this section, this is where we get some of the red tag humor. How did you, I mean... I remember seeing this originally and like, you know, I wondered if that really was the way they did it. Did yeah, they I don't a know. Red tag in your locker. I, I wonder know. how they do it now. They probably just text you. Yeah, probably. Like now you have a cell phone. Probably like, come see me. You get a text in red letters. Yeah, I wouldn't know about red letters. Manager wants if you to get any you text with a red background. It could be like your red tag. you're being signed or you could be going. I think now they keep it ambiguous. I would bet they do. So that way everybody expects to, you know, there's probably if you get a message and you're like a minor leaguer or someone who's trying to make the team, it could mean they're either signing you or keeping you down. So that way you just never know. They keep you a little off balance so you can't react before you get in. Yeah. I'm guessing that's what they try to do. Yeah, that's. Because I can tell you what, if Dorn did that shit to me, I would do exactly oh, yeah. what he did to him. I would beat the fuck out of him. Yeah. Um, Dorn's a hateable guy in this movie, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't like him at all. Um, but I do. See, I love Corbin Burnson and a show oh, yeah. called Psych, which you've never watched. Corbin Burnson. You need to awesome, watch Psych. But he plays a great hateable character in this. Yeah. 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 Okay, so there's a couple other little things I do want to get into because um, we didn't go over it. Um, we have the Harris and uh, Serrano relationship develops a little further. Yeah. I love Harris uh, talking to uh, Rick Vaughn about... Basically, Harris is what Rick Vaughn will look like in 40 years. <laughs> so so he's like, hey, when you get my age, he's using what? Criscol, Crisco, Barbasol, Vagisil. Vagisil. All right, so... Yep, here we go. You ready for my generic moment? Oh, are you ready for this? Okay, okay, okay. Uh, here we go. You put snot on the ball. Little girl. Oh, over. that is it? That's your generic? I didn't even call that shit. You didn't. Wow. Surprised. Because I he didn't really do it. I know. I mean, but he did just, do a thing with his hand. Yeah, just the idea of it. Like Hey man, it's like your catcher. Gotta, your catcher has to touch that shit and throw it back, man. Yeah, but the catcher don't care. I know they don't. He gets dirt on I know they hand. don't care. I mean, they don't care if it's sperm. They're or spitting chaw on the field, spit. and the ball could exactly. be running through that shit. All that. So yeah, yeah. But again, it's a used, dirty fucking sport. That used to gross me out. Not as much anymore, but it did make me gag a little bit watching it back in the day. 
So that's how I am. You know, it's funny, you know, things that gross you out. When you think about these guys doing all this shit on the field and they put shit on the field and they're going to play there and they're going to do things. They could dive into this stuff. And it reminds me of I've heard once oh. that there are football players that'll piss down their leg while they're playing oh, yeah. football. Yes, I've heard about that. Many and times. I'm thinking like, that's just like, come on, man. Well, like, here's the thing. Like, you, come on. I mean, you think about when you're a kid, you're out playing in the yard. The same yard that you spit in all the time when you're out, you know, when kids start spitting yeah. everywhere. The same yard that who knows what animals have trudged through and peed in and pooped in, you know. So it's just like, you just take a shower when you're done. Hit the showers. Yeah. It's awful. Uh, and I want to get back to Jobu. This is where I, I love when Harris and him are arguing. He's like, you say Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? <laughs> it's like. Fucking a, fucking bat didn't even exist. What the fuck are you talking about? Uh, that always drives me nuts. And it's bad to steal the... Very bad to steal Joe Boo's rum. It's very bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's very bad. Although, do you think... Do you think, I don't know, it was bigoted or racist how they did the whole voodoo thing and how they portrayed that character? Or did they respect it? See, I can't tell sometimes because I'm... I'm not of, uh, I'm I not, can't sometimes, see, I'm blind to that. Sometimes. Right, I'm not of the voodoo persuasion, so I don't know. Yeah, so I want to, I don't, I wish I knew, how, would, would someone watch that and go, oh, they're making a character of my thing, but I don't know what's good or bad about that. I, I can't tell. Like, I, I would, really can't. I mean, I'm looking it up right now, because I never even thought about this. Yeah? Yes, you can order a Jobu doll. All right, let's get one. I get one of those bitches for sure. We should we should we should have a shirt that says Jobu has Jobu in the center. Says Jobu says listen to Soda Pop Culture Club. Yeah, I just want to make I want to recreate the little shrine. Oh, okay. I think we know what your Halloween costume is going to be next year. You're going to be the shrine, and I'll be Serrano. But I am not dressing up in blackface because that's something that'll never happen in my lifetime. Because I don't want to be one of those people that do that thinking, I'm just trying to be a character. And then later on, they realize, yeah, but it's insensitive. Right. <laughs> because of the yep. history of can't doing do it. it. Can't do it. <laughs> I wonder. People are dumb that think they can get away with it. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. So here we go. Next phase of the movie here, we have Taylor trying to reunite with his ex-girlfriend, Lynn, despite her being engaged to another man who is a fucking dork. As we find out. The team predictably starts the season on a losing streak. Lou then discovers Vaughn's control issues stem from an uncorrected visual impairment. Means he don't see so good. After being fitted with some sweet-ass orange glasses, Vaughn's performance improves with additional coaching and assistance from Taylor, and the team begins to win. Phelps, angered by the team's improvement, tries to demoralize them by removing team amenities. She replaces their chartered team jet first with a rickety propeller plane pasted together with duct tape or electrical tape. And then they go to a shitty old bus. She then refuses to fix their workout equipment and even has the hot water to the locker room turned off. Despite her efforts, the team continues to win and brings themselves into contention for the division crown. Yes, this is a this is where we get into the. um the the subverted ex I always say movies have to to in order for an underdog story or or a movie like this to do well it, the subverted expectations like they're doing even even knowing that this is a feel good movie 
you still go, oh my gosh, these shit shithole players can win <laughs> because that's it's because it's Cleveland, you know. And what's really we- oh, one of the things that's really weird is when when they when during the section they do the flyover of Cleveland. Yeah, how weird is it to see the shore and not see the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame yeah. and the the first energy stadium there or whatever that's called now i don't know what my cleveland browns field it's called not anymore. weird it's 1989 it isn't no it's 1989 i know but for me it feels weird now i mean i know back then it was municipal stadium i mean that's and like, it wasn't even anywhere near there. you know it's weird to see movies where the twin towers were there Oh yeah, there's and so then, many. You know, I mean, like, yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, there's so many where you're like, you see the, and it's supposed to be part of the, it's supposed to be what helps you identify. Yeah, that's that skyline. Right. Now it's it's strange when you see that skyline without it. I would agree. That is, but yeah, it just was so weird. But uh, and they show the baseball field. Have you had? Did you ever go to the old Jacobs Field? I never went. I've never. I'm not a Cleveland fan, so no. Neither am I. But I once got free tickets to the new one. And I went with uh, Toby and some pe- and my wife, and yeah. we went for a game once. I, you know, when Jim Tomei was there, I told you how long it's been. It's been a while. So that's I went to that field, and it was cool. Uh, but I never went to the original because at the time, I actually never really went to live baseball games uh, professional until I was an adult. Yeah. Uh, so you know, because I didn't, you know, I don't want to go into my sad story. <laughs> <laughs> Of which you have many. Split parents. Ruined life. Nobody wanted to take me to baseball games. Turned to podcast. My father never played catch with me. My father never played catch with me. Just going to say. Is that why you can't? Your father played catch with you? Yeah. Is that why you can't catch or throw? Actually, I'm a good baseball player, even though I never had that. You'd be surprised. YouTube helps. Well, I didn't have YouTube then, but sure. I would YouTube. I made an origami dragon yesterday. Thanks to YouTube. Fucking a man. I did. It, I, I'm impressed. You should see it. It is pretty dope. I'm not going to lie. You skipped the crane and went straight to the fucking dragon. I did the dragon. <laughs> Let me tell you right now. I was like, wow, I did that. I, I'm impressed if you did. Oh, I did. I'll send you a picture. Um, We can put it on the website. So, yeah. Maybe we could. So, maybe, uh, we could Jake is, maybe we could have a contest for it. I don't know what if somebody would like to win our contest. Dragon. What's funny is is we've had um, thousands of people listen to our podcast, but anytime we do a podcast, I, I feel that the people aren't as engaging as I'd like them to be when we want to do a contest on this podcast. We, we, <laughs> we need so let us know what would make you what would what would really get what was that what the what's the name what would get your thing going what would get you thirsty no or how about like what does uh john bender say what would get you uh, like a wrestling meat like a whole meat <laughs> yeah i don't know like the way wow. he had that like you know get your juices flowing type of thing so anyways whatever would get you thirsty for anthony yes that's correct go. or my dragon um uh, what would uh what would get you guys going for a contest because we really want to give away stuff i yes, do anyways he doesn't yeah be awesome oh i do i mean okay uh, i want our shit to spread like peanut butter um sure and Lindsay lohan's <laughs> vagina like that movie what's the best man or whatever it is with the what's his name where he does the peanut oh you don't with josh gad isn't that what's the best man what's it called with um I, kevin hart with kevin yeah, hart what's that uh, movie um the ringer 
The Ringer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good. That's funny. It is. <laughs> that's funny. That is a funny movie. Okay, so uh, with Jake here though, in this movie, he's trying to get back with Lynn, and they're at that fancy restaurant. I didn't know there were restaurants like that in Cleveland. Did you know that? I mean, I've been to Cleveland a few times. I've never seen like fancy French. Oh, or... yeah, I'm sure there is. You're saying that like it's like it's behind a wall. I can't see because Cleveland I don't have has access. upscale areas. I've only ever been like downtown. I know and... people like just assume it's Cleveland. It's a shithole. Cleveland, ha- Cleveland. I mean, has, it's a big I like city. Cleveland. It's a big city. They have upscale restaurants and stuff. There's a nice, there's a really good street down there where they have all their good food and stuff. I, I'm guessing this wasn't, that wasn't around when, you know, had all those like infusion of star or celebrity restaurants wasn't there back then. So maybe, I mean, you this figure, is a relic. Any place that has a professional sports team of any kind is going to have some quality restaurants. Yeah. I agree. I got chili dogs over there. I agree. <laughs> you know, there's a. I was going to say, I do love to the scene when they're at the restaurant with Willie. Oh, and the, the chili champagne. Dogs. You know, Willie with swishing the champagne around in his mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's good stuff. Yeah, he doesn't. He, You know, that, you know, but you know, something I was going to tell you, you know, the league minimum back then uh, was only like. 68,000 or something like that. I don't know how they could afford to go to a restaurant. I mean, well, back then, 68,000. That was a good amount of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I shouldn't say, I shouldn't poo poo back then if uh, that's a lot of money. I mean, (laughs) so I guess they could afford it. That's still more than Jake's probably the only one getting paid above the league minimum because there are rules if a player has. Like there's a five and ten rule or something like that's an NBA, but there is a rule if a if a player has played so many years, their minimum is higher, right, than normal. So I I, I'm guessing NFL he's the, for sure. Yeah, I'm guessing he's making the real cash compared to those other two. He said you he know, makes those guys league, never. He said he makes the league minimum. Well, well his league minimum, right, which is right more than theirs, for sure. <laughs> oh man, if I were Renee Rousseau, I would have I would have turned him down too. I mean, I mean, she's she's hot and he's like kind of one step away from the Mexican League again. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't need that, you know. Yeah, but she they apparently have more fun and better sex together than she does with the turd. The stuffy bitch. Yes. Well, you know, that is but that's that's the thing. Anytime you see that you you're you're trading one of two. You're trading excitement. Well, you know, it's the same character in uh, the golf movie. Why can't I think of it off the top of my head? Caddyshack? No, but Kevin Cup. Costner. Tin Cup. Tin Cup. Yeah, I know. It's mean. the same thing. Tin Cup's exciting. He's he's right. he's funny. He's different. He's not always successful, but you will never be bored. Right. And that's what you get. And that's what Renee Russo apparently wants in every fucking movie. <laughs> Except for, uh, well, even in, even in Thomas Crown Affairs, he's not boring. He steals shit that for fun. Brand. And his, but his, happens to be a billionaire <laughs> so there's that makes it real easy when you have means to be a piece of shit i guess yeah true story and get the girl and you get the girl you get to be a billionaire and get the girl oh, fuck that yeah. we'll do that movie get someday the girl on the stairs <laughs> definitely go oh man did you now um later on you know did you like the speech lou gave when he finds out about the ploy, the shitburger speech. Well, this he hadn't found out about the ploy yet for the shitburger. This was just because all the critics 
are picking them. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because all the because they were all like, oh, you they expect you to fail. They expect you to be a piece of shit. Go out there and deliver them a shit burger. Yeah, yeah I'm like bad. Give them all that. nice big shit burger in the end. Yep, that's the motivation right there. Yeah, I like that. Lou Lou is the best in this. Lou is the best. Uh, but what is the best? Lou is um you know, we've had this conversation before about uh TV presidents who like I'd actually yes. love him to be our president just because of how well they do it. I'd like Lou to be a manager. I'd like him yeah. to be a manager in real life, just because I don't care how much he knows about baseball. He'd be somebody you'd want to play. He for. just don't take no shit, and he knows what he wants. Nice catch, Hayes. Don't, don't ever, ever fucking, fucking do, do it, it again. again. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say just that line. That's everything you need to know. But I have a, I do have a six pack I want to go into because the, the when they get into the games, here we go. And my six pack is Bob Euchre being the announcer guy uh, when we start off here. Um, and one of the things is he ad libbed like most all of his lines. Yeah. So, so yeah, he he did a did a lot of that, and I'll give you a fact on that. Uh, director David Ward was unaware of Bob Euchre's broadcasting experience, which I find fucking weird. But the, he did not know of his experience at the time. Ward either. chose Bob. U- yeah, what? When I was a kid, I didn't know either. All I thought was that's the guy from Mister Belvedere. Oh, <laughs> that's well, it. I knew he was a baseball back then. I because I'm a Cubs fan and I collected baseball cards. I kind of heard of him as a baseball player. Were for the Milwaukee Brewers. Okay. Ward chose Bob Euchre for the part of announcer Harry Doyle because he liked the actor's Miller Lite commercials and his role on Mr. Belvedere. There you go. It wasn't until later that he learned Euchre had the nickname Mr. Baseball and had been the radio broadcaster for the Milwaukee Brewers for almost 20 years. <laughs> um, so You got to love that. I got to throw in my six pack, too. And I'm so There we go. Uh, same thing. Um, Bob Euchre made this. Yeah, such a he added so much to this movie. Like the movie itself is great, but that extra layer with his announcing and I agree. It's like Rob Schneider uh, in that other movie, Fumbalaya, Fumbaruski. Necessary roughness. Yeah, he added that. Yeah, yeah. He and necessarily he added that touch that if it wasn't there, there would be something missing. Mm -hmm. There's something missing, and this movie would be the same. It'd be missing. It just it, it um. It did transform it in a lot of ways because it just added something that you didn't know how bad you needed it, but you did. And him getting drunk, just yeah. progressively <laughs> switching. You can't say that on the air. Don't worry. Say- nobody's listening. <laughs> no, nobody's listening. <laughs> and that's all ad lib, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever, oh, man. It's great. But, uh, you, have, you know. A bottle of Jack sitting there. <laughs> Love it. You listen to Bob Euchre and you know he was probably entertaining doing the Milwaukee Brewers games, and then you have to listen to someone like Joe Buck, yeah. who I find to be the most boring announcer, but for some reason is so lauded in that industry. I don't I like Joe like, Buck. He's so boring. I, I he's like boring. Him. He's boring. He just you're telling me he's as entertaining as Bob Euchre? No, hell no. I'm just saying I like Joe entertaining Buck. as Harry Carey was when he I was just doing like games? Joe Buck calling football games. Oh no, I'm talking about the baseball. Oh, doing baseball. No, I don't drawn out and slow. (laughs) Oh, man. So anyways, there's a lot of shit that goes on in this section. Uh, There is a big scene where the uh, the catcher, Taylor, uh, he's going to get help Vaughn get a strikeout. Right. So he asked not a strike, a pop up. Yeah. 
So he asked, well, and actually, this is actually that's not on this scene. This one is just he asked Clue Haywood, how's your wife and kids, right? How's your wife and my kids? And the zinger, <laughs> the zinger that is delivered by Yankees batter Clue Haywood was improvised by former MLB player Pete Vukovic. Ward had told Vukovic to throw out a line that ball players might say to one another, and that's what he came up with. So nice. That's amazing that that means someone said it. On yeah, the field it's been said for real. Uh, as I say, truth is stranger than fiction sometimes, man. Truth is stranger. So now this is a large section. I'm sorry, I'm going all over the place here. All right. So during this part of the movie, we see this is where we start seeing the the problems they have with chemistry. And that's where Dorn's doing the Olay shit. And he's not given the 100% effort. I love how Taylor, in multiple occasions, has stood up for Rick Vaughn. He, he's a great catcher. Like when Rick, Rick hit the one guy right after Clue hit the home run, you know, he he uh, kept the guy from beating his ass up. Yeah. Uh, of course, they threw him out rather quickly. It was the first, he hit him once and that's it. They oh. like, it can you know, happen. back then they used to not have that quick of a trigger. Now they do. Now they have that trigger. But then it was supposed it was they th- I thought it was the Wild West and they were hitting each other every five minutes back then. I guess you now know. people would still get booted, especially like, but not right after not for gave, something like that. Even though it legit was because he couldn't see and he didn't have control. But, <laughs> he legit couldn't fucking throw. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, right after you give up a dinger and you hit the next guy, it's just a little fishy. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. But Dorn, you know, he just didn't um didn't give his all in the play. And then that's when Taylor goes to his house with and... one of the best threats ever. Yeah. And do you remember it? Uh yeah. What is it? Which part? You want the whole thing? Yeah, if you say you remember it, go right. for it, motherfucker. This is my last shot at a winner. For some of the other guys it could be your only shot. I don't know what happened to you, but if you ever Tank another play like you did today. I'm gonna cut your nuts off, and stuff them down your fucking throat. Scene. I love that. And scene. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And like, and, and I, my other like, you much better when you used that. to be just a ball player. <laughs> You're right, man. That's a great. You know it all. I do. The, the you know one of the one of the things that I um I love about this part too is when Harris gets hit in the head because he drank Joe Bougeron. Yeah, Anyways. that's karma. <laughs> and and now here's here's a big scene that I do have to talk about. When she comes to the locker room, is that a I I call it a him too moment? Is that like like you know we were supposed to be okay with it because it was a girl coming into a guy's locker room then? Because yeah. if it was a guy going into a girl's oh, locker no. room, right? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's acceptable. It's that's the that's an imbalance. You know, now I don't think you could get away with it. I don't think you could. But then you could. Then you could, but I love Lou's response. You know, I, I'm too old to be diving in the lockers, and grabbing towels. You know, I'm just I love naked. his shit. Shit hanging out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Now this is also where Taylor gets back with Lynn again. Kinda, she bought tickets, and I have a thing about that. If she didn't, if you know, she's acting like she really doesn't want to see him, but she buys tickets to a baseball game where she's in the inner bowl where. She's pretty much guaranteed to be seen by him because he he catches right there. Like if she didn't really want right. to see him, she'd have bought shittier tickets. Well, you know, you, she could have got that game. You couldn't buy shittier tickets because it was probably seven bucks for like front row tickets. Yeah, you're right. So what the hell? <laughs> it's like, hey, hey, for five bucks, I'll give you behind the third base dugout. Right. 
<laughs> so yeah. Remember, they're trying to tank. They're going for last place. So yeah, and I, I and I guess to do it, yeah. she should just raise the fucking ticket prices. Yeah, three thousand. You know that leads. that'll keep them away. Of course, but they could say that's something she did. Not the players yeah, failing. Know. It's some, you know, true. Although her but getting the shittiest team together in the world, it seems pretty unscrupulous. Well, she really screwed um, up. <laughs> and I just want to say, I I was not all in on Jake getting the girl because it sounds like he was a piece of shit to her on the road. The, when yeah. we get that, we learn that he the slept around. Dress, so yeah. to me, why, you know, whatever. Yeah. Why? Why? Are you ready? He's a ball player, man. Eventually, Charlie decides to reveal Phelps' plan to Lou. Lou then calls a team meeting and announces that all of the players on the current roster would be released or sent back to the minors at the end of the season. With nothing to lose, Taylor states to the team that they should focus on winning the pennant. If they win the division, Phelps can't move the team or get rid of them. For added motivation, they use a cardboard cutout of Phelps from her showgirl days, peeling off sections of clothing for each game they win. There you go. I love this part. Oh yeah, this I love awesome. and this. I love that. And I, but what I love most about all this is the uh, montage that we end up getting <laughs> afterwards. But, but, but yeah, I do love uh, how they put it all on the table. And Jake is just like, "This is what we got to do." So we're gonna do, and, and they manifest it. And they, you thing. know what? You know what? They probably did. They probably all read that book, The Secret. <laughs> and manifested it and thought about it and got it. Will it to happen. <laughs> so, oh, now I, I, I love the Amex commercial. See, that's, that's it's horrible. Awesome. I thought it was awful. Oh, I thought it's great. Don't steal home without it. And you know, the Amex probably paid. Oh, I'm sure they did be in there. Yeah. And, and yeah, I'm sure it helped. Dorn. Yeah. Dorn's yeah. was the best though. People still don't yeah, his, recognize his us, but <laughs> we're that is a uh, now. Although Dorn's kind of a star, you know, he's yeah, he at least at one point was price talent, just not a good commercial actor. Yeah, yeah, he said he was a great player at one time to get his contract. Let's put you it know, that it's way. funny, and just I know it's skipping ahead, but when when they have the whole and they win the, the division, they're partying, and you see Dorn's wife sees him sneaking off the back. Out the that would be such a TMZ moment today. Oh yeah, yeah he would yeah. caught that shit, and blasted it everywhere. That would have been done. That they wouldn't have had to do the whole play out that whole scenario. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, but yeah, I like I just love this section of the movie because I love montages. I love seeing the winning. Yeah. I love that, and it gets us to where and we're at next. So you can go ahead. Willie Mays too, tacking up all of his what? batting gloves on the wall. Oh, the gloves. Yeah. yeah, that's the montage. That's part of that. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder, you know, that that's a that's something I was going to say. That's a lost art. That's something they don't do anymore. Stealing bases. Yeah. Now it's all like Serrano. Basically, it's all by the stats. How many swings can you get? Because the odds go up the more swings you get, the more homers you get. Yep. And the goal is to get you to get homers and hit, and that's it. It's not the stats have ruined baseball in some ways. Yeah. So it's all about getting juiced up and knocking it out of the park. All right. Juice. The there are people actually ask you say that I want to say this. You're saying that, but I just saw an article coming out where players are actually asking because they're not in baseball right now, how they can juice safely bef- and get off of it before the baseball starts. Mm-hmm. Just want to let you know. Go ahead. Don't surprise me. 
All right, so the team succeeds in tying with the New York Yankees for first place in the American League East division, leading to a one-game playoff to determine the division champ. Lou decides to start Harris in place of Vaughn due to Harris's experience and Vaughn seeming to shrink under the big stage. Vaughn then ends up being in bed with a woman who he thought was a random slut at the bar, but later finds out is Roger's wife, Suzanne Dorn, who had sex with the Vaughner as revenge for her husband being a little bit TMZ-ish and sneaking off with some other slut during the celebration that she caught with her eagle eye on TV. And her eagle eye saw that he was going to get into somebody's brown eye. Something like that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not It's not his fault what happened there either. Bonds, not at you all. Know? How it's he not know? his fault. He, that's why I never I never understood why Dorn would be pissed at him. I've I've always wondered that. Like, why are you angry at the person they went and cheated with? They didn't tell your person to go fuck them. They went and fucked them. Right. Get mad at the person who cheated on you, yeah. not the person they cheated with. It's he didn't know. You know? He had no idea. If you, if those are the circumstances, I get it. If someone's preying on your relationship at that point, though, it's obviously a weak enough relationship that that other person at the the person you're with obviously wanted that anyway. So maybe you should be more introspective. Yeah, <laughs> just saying. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I do. Uh, I do like here where we get to the playoff game, the one game. Uh, I do understand Lou. Lou's a great manager. He starts experience um, right. because it makes sense. You know, you got to do what you got to do. So you got to do what you got to do this. Uh, well, go ahead and you can do this section and then I'll say what I'm going to say. What I was going to, I got, I was going to say a couple things. Oh, I was like, I was going to say how much I like Jake. I like Jake giving advice to everybody. Yeah. Like he goes to each person. He has a thing for all of them. And then I love the, the final thing, the, bu- the bucket of chicken, the chicken. Yes. <laughs> the bucket of chicken. Cause he couldn't get a live chicken. to sack. Like Jake is a, he puts out fires, man. He yeah. is the catcher. Man, anyway, it looked like some good chicken. I know, man. Do you have something to say? No, go ahead. After this, I do. Oh, you want me to read this? Right. Okay. The playoff game in Cleveland is scoreless until the top of the seventh when the Yankees take a 2-0 lead. But in the bottom of the seventh, Serrano finally connects on a curveball and hits a two-run homer to tie the game. The ninth inning begins with Harris loading the bases after recording two outs with the Yankees' best hitter, Clue Hayward, up next. Lou brings in Vaughn. Despite being unable to get Hayward out up to this point, Vaughn strikes him out on three pitches. There we go. All right. So just the one thing I was going to say is um, this, the game. Yes. This is probably the most well done start to finish, like representation in any sports movie of any event. I'm I would say, say, yeah, like, 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 like the way understanding they did it, the stakes and the whole seeing everything and the time that they spent on the game, too. Because, you know, there's like when there's movies where there's a big game, but they don't do it right. Or it's like should have been a little longer or maybe it was yeah. too long. You know, like they nailed this. They It was so good. I would say, you know, I would say that that's the thing about this movie is this part of it. The baseball part of it is exceptional. Yeah. Um, I would say the other stuff, they kind of drop a little bit like the Lynn and Taylor relationship thing. And like it feels a little thin compared to how well the baseball story is told, yeah. which makes shows you what they're interested in. Tell what story they're interested in telling the most, which is the baseball. Well, so. yeah, no, I mean, it's regardless of what you think I'm at, but I, I do like it. 
because I mean, it still does help show that baseball players have other shit to deal with. They got lives. They got lives and yeah, wives. They do. they do multiple multiple. Partners. Yes, um, sometimes. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna put a six pack in here. All right, I'm gonna put too. a six pack. In. And my six pack is gonna be at the beginning of the game when Harris is warming up. He has Joe Boo there with him to help him warm up. So it looks. I love it when he came around and and, and really and really embraced that culture. Okay. Did you say you have another six pack? My other one. Yeah, my third. My my third and final. Which I you got to note that you don't know how well it aged, but Vaughn coming out to Wild Thing, out to the mound, is my favorite scene of the movie. It always has been. Yes. It always will be. It is awesome. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It is a great scene. Uh, there is some facts on that, but I don't think I have them on here. No, I didn't put that fact on here. But the why there, I'm a Cubs fan, right? And we had a pitcher called Mitch Williams who yeah, got the thing. nickname after this movie yeah. came out, Wild Thing, yeah. and he would come out that. But that's because of his weird sidearm sinker arm delivery and how he would come off the was mound when he was unorthodox. The yes, I remember him more with the Phillies being called Wild Thing. I know that you remember more with the Phillies because he won a he won a championship with the Phillies in '93. But before that, he was with the Cubs. But he was Wild Thing back then too. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. It was after the movie, right before he signed with the Phillies in like 92. I tell you here, uh, anyway. you know, three guys I think should get together and go bowling. Ricky Vaughn, Mitch Williams, and John Rocker. Yeah. There's some fucking John Rocker. There's some interesting pitchers. <laughs> John Rocker is off uh, his rocker. rocker though. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to say, you know, while you say you love the baseball sequences, the one thing that was totally, uh, weird is Harris's pitching motion was awful. Like yeah. the old guy, but he's old. So I guess right. it, it would be, he's old. <laughs> would be. He's only got so much mobility. Yeah. Like he's yeah. not even good. Um, he's not going to try doggy on the stairs. He's not messing with the stairs. He's too old. He knows what he can do and what he can't do. He's got hips to protect. He can't do doggy on the stairs. Now I got, I got to go with another six pack. Cause I, I, I've saved mine for later, by the way. And this is where, you know, after Dorn hits a really clutch hit and actually earns his money, yep. um, we get Serrano where he says, fuck you, Joe Boo, I, I do, do it myself. myself. And he did. And, you know, I kind of like that. I love that. I do love that. Yep. I love... <laughs> I love Lou. I just do. Uh, um, And we get the tension, that, but, but the weird thing is, is when Rick's up there striking the dude out he's up there you know doing his thing you know doran calls the time to come over just to tell him to strike the the mother bleeper out right out yeah i don't i mean i don't know why we needed that scene was it supposed to make us think he's gonna ruin the game let's make him think oh shit like no that was his scene to say we'll deal with this later right now focus on the game though it was doran's moment just to be doran and get some attention. Yeah. Well, he is the highest paid player on the field. Exactly. So if I want to call time out, I'm going to get a goddamn on that out. side of the field. You know, it's funny, you know, we're talking about high price players. Um, another, you know, cause the baseball's in the news right now. What I heard that w- there's one player on the Yankees making more than the whole payroll of yes. like the pirates. Yep. Scherzer, I think. And that's, and they're trying to figure out a way to get competitive balance. Right. And you wonder why, why, Exactly. 
Yeah, I just heard about that. Anyways, that's crazy. I've got a, I got a, I got a uh, six pack for you here. And you know, Rick Vaughn throws the first two strikes, and they're just fastballs. And I love what uh, Lou says: "Forget the curveball, Ricky. Give him the heater." I, that's a classic line. You probably have used other places now for different situations. You know, in different ways. I do love that. Give him the heater. <laughs> Give him the heater. Give All him right, the curveball, Ricky. Give him the heater. That was excellent movie making, in my opinion. How they do that? It, it's predictable. Yeah. A little bit with the fastball escalating, but it still is good movie making. Like we said, it was good. You go ahead and read the next section. Sure. All right. So in the bottom of the inning, the Yankees bring out the Duke, who leads the league in nose hair. Their headhunting closer. Hayes singles ahead of Taylor. Taylor then steps up and Hayes steals second. After getting a pitch thrown at his head for taunting Duke by pointing towards the outfield, clearly making a reference to Babe Ruth's famous called shot. Taylor signals to the dugout and Lou relays a signal to the third base coach. And then we've got the manager or got Lou. That's a hell of an idea. Tim. So, <laughs> um, after taunting Duke again, Hayes takes off for third and Taylor unexpectedly bunts. Despite his bad knees, Taylor beats the bunt to first as Hayes, who never stopped running rounds third slides under the throw from first base to score and win the game. And Rene Russo is getting fucked tonight, probably. So yes. yeah, that's what's gonna happen. Was- yes. Yeah, the stole I was gonna say earlier I did say stole base is all but gone because advanced stats. I have that note on here again. I just fucking make makes me so mad. But I love the called shot. I would have thrown at him too. But here's what I want to tell you about Babe Ruth's called shot. Yeah. Because I'm a Cubs fan and I know the history of this, and it was against the Cubs in the World Series that he did that. He actually wasn't calling his shot. People who were actually there say that he was pointing at the Cubs dugout because they were doing all the chatter that you would do, you know, as baseball teams. Yeah. And he was telling them to shut up and, you know, or something like he was telling them what, and then people took it as a called shot because behind him is where that dugout was. And he was pointing that way at him. He wasn't actually calling a shot. Yeah. So just, I hate that. I hate that story. If he called a shot. Well, yeah, I know that's why it's become legendary that it's like, no, yeah, you it's, it's like we tell people, oh, we got such a great podcast. You should listen. Same thing. Just a fucking lie that you want. to. It's not a lie. <laughs> they're, they're deep into this episode. Don't tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, but yeah, I'm just not a fan of that. But I did like the scene. I do like, you know, the thing is the Cubs were using the squeeze a lot the last couple of years. Probably not now. They got rid of their really high priced player that would have done that. But, but they... You know, whatever. Who cares? I'm sorry I bring it back to the Cubs. We're I'm not a baseball about the fan. Cubs. What we're talking about the fucking Guardians. I was going to say, yeah, we're talking about the Guardians of the Galaxy. No. <laughs> All right. Let me let me get this. Uh, let me let me go with this last section, okay? As the team celebrates, Dorn punches Vaughn in the face for what happened the night before, but then quickly pulls him up so they can keep celebrating. Phelps is upset the team won the division championship. Taylor spots Lynn in the stands, no longer wearing her engagement ring. The two rush to hug each other as the city celebrates the victory. It was a great ending. It was. Wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yes. Although I don't think he deserved to be punched in the face. Like I said before, yeah. he did nothing wrong. He was victimized, if anything. Yeah, he was the victim. She deserves to be punched in the <laughs> face, right? I'm not going that Is that what we're we saying here? No, we can't say that. No. <laughs> oh, we can't do that? Oh, damn. 
See, all these rules, man. Why are there fucking rules? Without <laughs> rules, you have anarchy. Yeah, it would be anarchy. If he gets up, we all get up. With Yeah. yeah. Without rules, you have a fucking <laughs> pow- nuclear power plant in Ukraine on fire right now. Without yeah, rules. Fuck that. Let's not even go into that. Let's not even go into that. Which is going to hurt the world, but yeah. Let's, let's pretend that's not existing for a second. Uh, <laughs> uh, once again, I just want to say this love story with him and Rene Rousseau, or Lynn, Jake and Lynn, was pretty thin. Yeah. Like, we didn't get much to it. Like, to me, when I rewatched this, there was a lot. I didn't realize how much we had to infer in that relationship that wasn't on the screen. You know, it really wasn't that much to it. No. Yeah. Um, I want to go into my generic. Are you okay with that? <laughs> and my generic is the India mascot that is now no more. I think we were blind to its caricature at the time that offended so many, that Chief Wahoo character. While we look at it as a funny cartoon, we got to remember that cartoon is representing somebody's culture that maybe they don't appreciate. It, and what it reminded me of, I don't know if you ever watched Bruce Lee's story, when he goes to the movie with the, with the girl and they're watching the Jerry Lewis movie and Jerry Lewis is acting like uh, he's being a Japanese person, but he's characterizing himself as dim-witted and stupid because he's Japanese. And that's what it reminds me of. Like sometimes, you know, we do things that are stupid. Not, well, I didn't do it, but but people do things that are stupid thinking they're being funny, but really all they're doing is hurting somebody's culture. And I think that's probably why the chief is no longer here anymore because we for years ignored how people felt about something. And now we're finally coming to grips with that. I got now we're guardians. I got a question with that. So what, what would you yeah. say good or bad if the guardians had decided to make Joe Boo their mascot? That would, I would, I've already said, I have some scruples with the whole possibly of how that's being treated. I'm not equipped to make that decision. Right. But I if, but it, if I... it's, if somehow that's treating a whole group of people maligning them that doesn't deserve that i mean then yeah that's kind of how you look at it just would have been interesting it's like if someone made a character of a nazi i'm not gonna go oh, oh yeah no. fucking nazis a little different or not, <laughs> you know yeah. my point is is like it, it, it depends on what we're talking about there is context that matters <laughs> so there we go all right so um do you want to go do you want to talk about an alternate ending real quick all right, and the theatrical release the theatrical release includes added scenes of Rachel Phelps showing dismay with the team's success. An alternate scene included on the and it's included on the Wild Thing Edition DVD shows a very different character characterization of Phelps. Lou Brown confronts Phelps over her plan to sabotage the team and announces his resignation. Phelps then reveals the threatened move to Miami was merely a ruse to motivate the team as the Indians were on the verge of bankruptcy when she inherited them and she could not afford to hire star players or maintain standard amenities. She also tells Lou that she felt he was the right manager to bring the ragtag group together. Lou does not resign, but Phelps reasserts her authority by saying that if he shares any part of their conversation with anyone, she will fire him. The film's producers said that while the twist ending worked as a resolution of the plot, they scrapped it because test audiences preferred Phelps as a villain. Uh, you know, pretty much. They right. wanted her to be a villain. It's and I think that's way. a good thing. It's better this way, yes. Well, and then the second one, Dorn's a part owner or something, or, you know. and Yeah. <clears throat> no, like, Dorn bought yeah, the yeah, team. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. And yeah. pulled it back to her. 
the funny thing is about the the Indians, even and, and I don't have it in here, but there is a fact about that that even in this time period where they weren't that great, where they weren't winning, even through the seventies and eighties, they still sold out most games. Yeah. So the, it's it's ridiculous to think that they would ever have an issue with money that way. They never had a problem with that. That was never their problem. But then you don't have a movie. It was management. But then you don't have a movie. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, that's the reason you could never do this movie about the Cubs, like this style, because the Cubs, you do anything and the fans will still show up, it feels like. Anyways, I got one more fact, and it's about Jobu, the voodoo doll, is still around today. Serrano's doll had the power to hit, hit a curveball. No, it didn't. That's, I don't like that. It had a curveball and then kicked back for a few drinks and a cigar. The team's unofficial mascot now belongs to Morgan Creek Productions manager, director Brian Robinson, who keeps the doll atop his piano and has turned down offers of $35,000 for the little guy. That surprises me that people haven't offered more than that. For some of the shit that people buy. For a lot of money. Right. I would I would almost assume he has gotten higher offers than that for it. Yeah. I mean, it's Jobu. No shit. <laughs> Fuck, That's what I'm like. Who wouldn't want that that loves this movie? If you were like, if money was no object, I'd offer more than that for it. I'm with you. I am with you. All right. Are you ready to rate this movie? Hell yes, I am. Living in Ohio... It was hard to avoid this movie because, well, anytime there's anything in, starring in Ohio, it's everywhere. Plus, baseball was still a very popular sport, you know, back when this movie was made. As fate would have it, like I said earlier, neither Anthony nor myself were Indians or Guardians fans. Doesn't mean we didn't like the movie, though. It was funny and an underdog story about rallying against the man or woman, in this case. Most of the acting was excellent and it does keep your attention. It does go pretty fast. I don't know. There's some laws in there, I guess. There was a few times you could have seen things probably be done better, and there is that whole cultural slight, like I said before, of the Chief Wahoo. So it's not a perfect movie, but worth watching again. I say it's an above-average sports comedy movie. Not my greatest one ever, so I can't give it too high, but I'll give it a 15 and a half cans. Wow. Wow. All right. Um... <laughs> That's surprising, but you know, you're stupid. Um, 24 straight up. You're muted dipshit. There you go. Cause I mute. So you can give your fucking explanations. That's my explanation. Give us a fucking explanation for that. It's 24. Cause stone cold said so. Asshole. Is it 24 because of the cultural insensitivity? Shut up. Insensitivity. 24. I mean, because you've got to take, it's 24 because I would watch this movie any fucking day of the week. It is one of the best sports movies ever, especially for a sports comedy. They nailed it. The cast is fantastic. The music's fantastic. Bob Euchre is fantastic. It is one of the best sports movies ever. And it's hard for me to think of any, a lot that I would put above it. And I still don't know what I would. It's that fucking good. Um, I could tell you this. I, I probably... I'd watch a lot of movies before this one. Not I, me. I, sports movies wise, um, The Longest Yard, the original. It's not better than Major League. Uh, no. Water Boy probably would watch that before this. Oh, shut up. Uh, for Love of the Game, love that one. I do too, but totally. Surprise, you don't. It's about I do, the Tigers. I do love it. Never said it didn't. 
Just saying. Major League is a 24 I mean, for a sports movie. Well, Without with doubt. that. No doubt. So with that, <laughs> I'm right. Mike's wrong. Our average score is 19.75, mostly due to numbnuts over there. Ranking too low. But yeah, that's correct. Okay. It's actually that it, it should be a little lower, but I'll accept that. What's what's is it tied with anything or is it? Um, okay. The proposal is 19.5. This is a, the proposal is a better movie than this. It is almost famous as 19.5. Better movie than Don't this. Don't see any 19.75s on here. Uh, Varsity Blues 19.25. Better movie than this. Says you. Uh, gross point blank, 19.5. We don't have any other 19 point better movie than this. These are all better movies than this movie. You're telling me no. And I probably scored it as such. I'm not. Cause I'm saying 19.5 is below major league. Cause major league is 19.75. That's what I'm saying. You're telling me about movies that are better than this movie that are scored lower than it. Oh my gosh. It's all you. Nope. It is all me. It's always all me. Anyways. What I was going to say is we would like to thank you for listening. Remember, you can go to sodapopcultureclub.com for all things related to the show, including your chance to make movie suggestions, and our episode schedule is there as well. We also we are also on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and we have a Twitch channel. Now we want to give you a little tease as to what next week's movie may be. See if you can guess what it is. See what it is. On Tuesdays, we Twitch. On Wednesdays, we wear pink. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as always, as always, we'd like to thank you for listening. Uh, we do appreciate it. Is there anything else you would want to say? That's it. Thanks for listening. Love you guys. Bye-bye.